You know, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferris. Now, here's Spike. Well, all right, welcome to Spike's Car Radio. I'm here with Zuckerman. Zuckerman's coming in hot. Uh, we've got a terrific show for you here. Uh, we left a, a chair open here at the uh, Beverly Hill studio for you, the listener. Zuckerman, are you all right? Your, your eyes are wide. You're, you're crazy. Are you I crazed am? right now? Is uh, it okay. Drive? Well, before we get into it, look. Um, we got a very funny uh, comedian with us today. Jim Florentine is here to talk about his new book, Everything is Awful Except You. <laughs> Look, at here it is, Zuckerman. <laughs> See, you're already laughing. <laughs> you That's like how that, I right? feel, yes. You could have written this book. Yes. Um, it's very funny. Um, but before we bring Jim in, um, I wanted to follow up about uh, the John Cena lawsuit last week. I've since learned some very interesting information. I would categorize this as rumor. And, and, of course, I'm talking about uh, Ford is suing John Cena because John Cena ordered a Ford GT and then quickly flipped it, right? And as a lawyer, I would say, I must admonish you, Mr. <laughs> Ferriston. We must use certain adjectives. Yes. Alleged. Alleged. Rumored. Rumored. Right. Yes. yes. Unsubstantiated. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for protecting me. Um, last week, and uh, that's the Genevieve Morton episode of Spike's Car Radio, uh, Zuckerman procured this lawsuit, and we went through it line by line. It was, it was wonderful. Wonderful and fun and filled with all sorts of information about John Cena. So if you want to catch up on that, yeah, a little embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, safe to say, John Cena, I, I think John should still come on the show. And and discuss this with a. Can he talk about a lawsuit like that? Can he discuss those things? Okay, if I was his lawyer, I would tell him no. But since I'm not, I want to hear about it. (laughs) (laughs) Would you imagine he's kind of just laughing about this? I don't know. We went through it. It seemed pretty serious. All right, look. So Zuckerman, this is what's great about the Spikes Car Radio audience. There's an audience out there. And they listen, and they want to help. So uh, uh, people talk to me all the time on Instagram. They private message me. They let me know what they like about the show. Uh, they like to they like to comment about your catchphrase, Damani. They want shirts and hats and the rest of that. We'll get to that. It's a little little early for merchandise for Spike's Car Radio, but yes, we agree with you. There should be hats and coolers that say Damani and a money clip that says why don't Damani. We num- why don't we number them so people <laughs> can say I was the number one merchandise buyer? I, I don't know, but that's not the point. But but somebody I don't know, or maybe I do know. Maybe I, I respond to everybody, but I kind of don't know who everybody is. Do well, you, you know do- their tag names on Instagram? But I, I like to respond to the fans. I like to write. They, they, they're generally really nice. And if I have a moment, I'll answer 10, 10 questions or, so, you know, 10 people and go back and forth with them. But I kind of forget who I'm talking to. And it can be anyone. It can be some kid in Nigeria or it could be a guy, you know, a professional race car driver. You know, because everybody's handle, I, I don't I don't bother to check to see what their Instagram name is and what their real name is. It's just, you know, uh, Porsche guy with a hat. Right. You know, so right. I'm just. Okay. So it could be an authority. It could be a lunatic. Right. So some guy said, uh, just messages me. I think I'm in line at the post office or something. He goes, what, what if I told you I know who bought the John Cena car? That would get your attention. Yeah. I said, well, then I would ask you who bought the car. <laughs> and uh-huh. he said, 
Uh, and I said, well, first of all, how do you know? Before you tell me who it is, how do you know? And, and, and it's one of those friend of a friend stories, okay? But the friend of a friend happens to be a guy who owns a Ford dealership. And the friend of this guy is a guy who uh, delivers parts to that dealership, I guess. This is what he's saying. <laughs> so now I go to his profile and I look at his picture and they're all pretty legit. I'm like, all right, this is a legitimate car guy. This isn't some Yahoo, some nut. So what I'm about to tell you is clearly rumor, all right? It's a friend of a friend, but I, but I believe it. Can I, I, say I that? choose to believe it too because it's so great. I immediately told you. <laughs> we were so excited. We, we had so a great excited. conversation. We can right. reenact that conversation. Are you ready, Will? Uh, we don't have the ability right now, but I know in post you can put a drum roll in. Go ahead. Put in the drum roll right here. There you go. The person rumored to purchase John Cena's 4GT is Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise, ladies and gentlemen. No joke. This is uh, what this fella told to me. That he he said that this Ford dealer, everybody knows, but it's a it's a well kept secret that John uh, Tom Cruise bought this car from John Cena. So here's my question to you. And I said, I said, well, clearly he's a good candidate because he has the money, right? Well, why wouldn't he just go and sign up <clears throat> for his own Ford GT? In the first place, and get his own. Why does he have to pay an extra million dollars? That's a good question. That, why would he have to pay an extra? Doesn't Ford want to give Tom Cruise a, a Ford GT? All right. I don't imagine Tom Cruise is a guy who's sitting around reading car magazines, that he even knew this car really? came out. He, he saw it somewhere, and then he wanted it. Secondly, I don't think Tom Cruise is a guy who's going to fill out an application and write an essay. <laughs> for this oh, car. Okay. I'm, I, I'm going <clears> I think to Tom Cruise is the type of guy that goes, look. Centron or whoever's running Scientology, get me a Ford GT at any cost. And you pay for it. You people pay for it with the scrapings from the credit cards from the other Scientology <laughs> members that you get. The tithing from the poor <laughs> drones. <laughs> it's like no, but you know what I mean? I, forget about that. I'm joking about that. But, but, but honestly, he's one of those guys. You and I know guys like that. Seinfeld is kind of a guy like that. That right. gets Jerry's closer He's more connected to the car thing. But there are plenty of movie stars and celebrities who are just like, just get me one. Well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Uh, first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you. I'm going to think he reads car magazines. Right. He's got nothing else to do. He's reading car magazines. Uh, and, and Nothing he's else to do. What is he doing? He makes movies. Okay. He manages so that, a, a, a dozen families and, and, and new girlfriends. My, my conceit is that nobody works as hard as me. <laughs> and and he's basically doing nothing. That's how I view the world. I have a right. binary view. I do all the work. Nobody else yes. does anything. So I don't imagine he's doing anything. He's so you don't believe thing. this rumor. You just said you believed it, but now you're saying you don't believe it. Well, Wh I don't which believe, is it? I don't believe your theories. I'm, I'm going to tell you about why I think that he had to get the uh, how to do this. Okay. I'm going to tell you why I think if this if this rumor has any validity, I'm going to say he knows about the car. I he could have one of his minions, of course, uh, one of the people, members of the Sea Org, mm -hmm. I think it's called, uh, in Scientology, <laughs> fill out the application for him. I don't think that Ford wants him to be the guy. Right. I don't think that if he filled out the application, I think they'd look at it and Why say, "Why wouldn't you want Tom Cruise? He's a, a major movie star, worldwide fame." Is that well, is he a Ford guy though? Is the question because that was part of what Ford wanted. They wanted ambassadors of the brand and collectors. When I think of Tom Cruise, I think of planes. He collects planes. 
I'm not sure he's a car guy. Occasionally, I okay. see him on Ducatis okay. on motorcycles, but that's it, right? You're, you're taking a very you're taking a very politically correct view and just viewing him as Tom Cruise, the guy. Right. There's some baggage. He has some baggage. Do you, and think, maybe, a, do you think he'd get a billion year lease? Well, he, he, he signed a billion-year deal. You when think he, so? he went, that car? When you go in, Spike, you, you sign a billion-year deal. I hope you're ready for that. That's a hell of a mortgage. Now, see, look at that. Now, look. Have you figured if you're, out, if by you, the way? If, if you're a Scientologist and you're listening, right, if you're, if you're in a, a power position, you should start leasing cars. That we've just we could make them a lot of money. That billion year lease that would make them rich. Well, or they could, they, or, or your lease payment, if, because if it's twelve <laughs> monthly payments a year times a billion, times that's twelve. Billion. That's 12 Think billion. of the money. No, because it would it would be a nickel a payment. Yeah. Well, right. well, like the long and the short is, I I believe this rumor. This this does sound like something that happened. I think now it's incumbent upon me to chase this Instagram person down and verify this in some way. Well, you're well known in Hollywood. Can't you get to Tom Cruise? I can. Yeah. You could. I know a guy. I know a guy. Yeah. I believe we're, we're uh, represented at the same company. We have the same representation. I believe, yeah, I could find okay, this out. So maybe, I feel like I could chase this down. Maybe you, but you might want to cut out the, the slightly humorous references that I've, I've made. But then again, I, I'm an equal opportunity. Po- I, when I read my religion, my birth religion's Bible, I poke holes at that too. It's some of the ghost stories I read. Well, this, so so anyway, having said all of that, I'm going to tell you something legally. It's his car. He doesn't have to give it fucking back. It's his. So Tom Cruise or anybody else, he can just keep it. He didn't have to deal with Ford. He didn't sign the application. It's John, it's, it's it's Cena who's got the problem. Tom has the car. He wow. can he can thumb his nose when when Cena said, "Oh, I'm going to take care of it." He called up Tom Cruise and said, "Hey, man, I need my car back." And Tom Cruise said, "Yeah, let me think about that for a half a second. Uh, no." <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Would you ever have guessed John Cena and Tom Cruise hang out together? Do you think they're buddies? Yeah, Is know. Cena a Scientologist? What's happening? Maybe they share face cream. I All don't right. know. Let's bring Jim Florentine in. Is Jim out there? There he is. Hey, come on in, Jim. Do you know this guy, Zuckerman? No, I've never heard of him. He's a very famous comedian. How are you? How are you? He's Hi. an actor. He's a prankster. Oh. Um... You probably have heard him on Crank Yankers. Yes, Do you remember of Crank Yankers? Yes. <laughs> and he has a new book, which you've already laughed at here. The book is called Everybody is Awful Except You. His name is Jim Florentine. Jim, you don't even have to wear your headphones if you don't like. I don't know if you like them. Um, he can you, be odd man. You're now. a radio guy. Yeah, you know, I'll go with them on. You, you go with them on? All right. Yeah. Um, it's nice to meet you, man. Yeah, good to meet you, too. Um, I, I was going through the book last night. It's really funny. And I wanted to ask you about... Um, how you went about doing it because what I thought you, that you did was really smart was this you have a little bit of memoir in there but then you have a lot of comedy attached to that around it am I right in yeah. that being the structure of the book yeah basically just little stories of growing up in New Jersey and just being you know a dirtbag <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and just yeah disgusting <laughs> behavior you know so I set this usually the chapters <clears throat> up with that and then I go into more comedy stuff. Yeah, just a little bit of both. It, because, you know, I've thought about it a couple times, been suggested to me that I do that, and I <clears throat> think, why is my life so interesting that anyone would want to read anything about it? I don't even want to read about it. I certainly don't want to write it down. And when I looked at this, I thought, this is a really 
kind of brilliant little solution to it, which is I'm going to give you a little bit of who I am, but then at the same time, I'm going to give you a lot of stuff to read and to laugh at. Right? Yeah, I just, um, yeah, because <clears throat> I wasn't ready. I tried to do an autobiography, but like no one's interested. So they won't. <laughs> they're like, no, it's, it's like it's just like you said. So they said, all right, we'll just do some of your comedy, you know, right? And then we'll we'll do a little, st- you know, some funny stories before, you know, we, you know, in the beginning of the chapter. And tell us, uh, tell us what the premise of the book is. What what inspired you to write it? It's it's based on my podcast. I have a podcast that I just go on rants about. People send in. I have an email address, and all, people that listen to podcasts will send in like bad Facebook posts, like people bragging. <laughs> You know, people in Ohio in January bitching about the weather. You know, it's like, yeah, you live in Ohio. That's right. probably going to, you know, there, there might be a little ice. Yeah. You know, like, you know, when, the, you know, those, you know, those posts like Mother Nature, go home. You know, one of those. Right. It's like, you know, I just like, I don't think there's, I don't think Mother Nature is going to see this post. You know, because I looked at all your friends. And right, but move to California, dumbbell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then there was, so I just felt so people sending bad Facebook posts and then I, I comment on them. So that was basically what the book is about. Just like awful social media posts, basically. And pe- you know, vanity license plates, people bragging on their license plates, trying to be funny. <laughs> we pick apart those. And, uh, you know, bad bad uh, music you, at weddings. You know, we go through all of it. And New yeah. Year's resolutions that nobody ever sticks to. <laughs> there was one that you wrote that was a, a Facebook post, a mom kind of humble bragging about her son's homework. Saying uh, he he went into the he did uh, extra homework where he didn't have to do extra homework and I guess that means I'm a good parent. Yeah, she, he like he did his homework like a week before it was due, like she thought he was messing around and she, she started yelling. He goes, "Mom, I'm doing a homework that's not due to the following week till after Christmas." And she goes, "I guess I'm an amazing parent then that my kid did that." I go, "No, he just wanted to get it out of the way. He wanted to go play with his friends. He's like, let me just get this out of the way so I don't have to worry about it the rest of the week." But of course, it's all about her. Mm. I'm an amazing parent, and until next time, wait till I tell you how amazing I am. Yeah, and all the platitudes that people put out there, all these motivational things as if they thought about them. It really made me think about everything that I post. Like, no one's out there trying at all. I always and say with, with the inspirational quotes, like, how come everyone's not doing better? Right. You know what I mean? Everyone's posted them. They're, you're reading them. How come everyone's right. not a, in an amazing place right. in life? Right. It should be if they're all out there before. You like you just had to have it in your head. You know what I mean? Or maybe you had a little card in your wallet. Now it's you know it's on your phone. You read them every day. So how come you're not getting your life together? How come you're not living, laughing, and loving? Don't you? Do you? Are, are you on social media at all? Yeah, I mean, as a comic, you have to because you promote yourself, right? You know? so, yeah, it, it's a, it's and a, what do you do? Don't you feel a lot of pressure now? That no, you're, no, not, no, no. Because I'm like, what is? I'm a comic. I'm not going to sell five more seats. You know, in a comedy club because I, I posted a picture of my ravioli that I ate last night at the restaurant. I don't think that's going to get more asses in the seat. I was just hungry at that right. time. You know, so you got to look at it like that. You know what I mean? It's like whatever. It just and I, I I do a podcast a week. It's an hour material. I do my stand up. It's like that. That's enough. I'm not going to be trying to you know make jokes on Twitter. So maybe I can put them in my act. That's what original comics were doing. In the right, beginning. right. But then everyone's so sensitive, and then you're fighting with people. I'm like, I got no time for that. Yeah, no, there's so much of that right now. You know, and once you hook into it, it doesn't seem like you can get offered. I mean, there are a lot of comedians right now going after the administration right now. And it's fun to read on your Twitter feed for a little while. But what you realize is they kind of get trapped in it a little bit. And and the fight, like the administration doesn't seem to be going away right now. So you're just every day now your job is, you know, writing something about what they're doing instead of going on with your life. Right. Am I wrong? Absol- about absolutely. That? I mean, at this, at this point, any like Trump material about him, like 
being crazy is like an old Polish joke. Right. <laughs> like the Polish joke. They the still guy, make those. <laughs> yeah, but you know, right. and the, Pol- <clears throat> the old Polish joke, you always knew that he was going to do something stupid. Right, at the end. right. Whatever right. it was, it was he yeah. was going to be dumb. So it's like at, at this point with the Trump stuff, it's like, okay, enough. all right, what did he do crazy now? Okay, so, and as uh, comics do, I just mute everybody. I'm like, I'm not reading that stuff. I don't right, read right, that right. Nonsense. The world's not ending tomorrow. You know what I mean? But I, but I, I, I get the sense... You know, and I'm just thinking about myself on there. It's like there's some some comedians out there, especially who think, you know, they're sitting there, they're watching this stuff happen, and they think, if I finally weigh in, that's going to end it all. I'll finally say my piece about this, and they write this eloquent little thing, and they put it out there, and nothing happens. <laughs> you're basically, and especially when you put like at Donald Trump or at whoever, you're trolling that person right. like you're a bully. Right. You're, you're you're going, hey, I don't like you, and blah, blah, blah. that's basically bullying, is what you're right, doing. Like right. you're a grown man and you're trolling somebody. But that's not what I mean. I mean, I, I think there's some egos out there that think they can stop all of it. Oh, absolutely. By just, by just saying this stuff, and I, and I'm kind of caught in between, like. You know, I'm kind of old school where I think the comedian is about the laugh, right? You're out there to make people laugh. That's kind of your job. So if I were to, if I, you know, I'm not a stand-up like yourself, but I would be thinking, like, my job really is to entertain people around this insanity because they need a break. You could turn on every (laughs) channel on TV except for Fox News and get the same stuff. So it's like, why is a comic putting it on on Twitter? Yeah, people people like, come on, man, just be funny. Right, right. You know, if you can bring that a, a, a unique perspective, on stage about the whole situation. That's yeah. good. That's a funny thing. That's a that's a because now you know people are always like, are you going to talk about the administration on stage? I go no, because I go on seventh on the show, and the six <laughs> guys before me just did it. So I'm going to go. Hey, all right. So what those six guys said, you know, here's my take. Right. I go no, because as a comic, you don't want anyone touching on any of your topics before you right, go on. Right. It makes it tougher pieces. for you. So you know, I I just, I just always stay away from it. Like you know, people just want to laugh when they come to the comedy exactly. clubs. Exactly. Right. Right. They don't want to hear. They're like, you walk by every TV. <clears> it's all like you know that uh, you know all this white noise about everything. Right. So when they get in the club, they just want to laugh. And I think on Twitter too. I don't know. Is anyone really following a comic to you know learn their political views and, and m- learn more about uh, you know politics? No, I I don't mind as someone rebutting what's happening in the world with something really funny. I just when it when it when suddenly it's just a comedian screaming like "fuck <laughs> you, you fucking asshole, fuck you, you gotta resign." You know, you're just like, well, what are you doing? Now, now you're kind of on the same level as these people. I don't know. Were you a writer? Did you write for Conan? No. No. You, did you work on Conan? I'm, no, I never did. Um, when when I when I was writing monologue jokes for for Letterman, you kind of I did it for like five years. I wrote for David Letterman, and you kind of had a sense of the yearly news cycle. And I've never there, there'd be a little bit of politics, and then there'd be a scandal, and then there'd, there'd be the Oscars, and you'd kind of be writing about different things every three weeks. I've never seen a cycle like this since I started writing where uh, politics dominates the news cycle every day, every single day, and there's been nothing else. There's no room for any other types of stories. And I think that's why we're kind of in this kind of Trump joke fatigue right now. Am I Ab- wrong about absolutely. that? Right? I'm, I'm it's cu- an, it, because I, <clears throat> they're legitimate for a little while, but then it starts, like you say, it starts to get really old. And I and I don't you know I think everybody's kind of lost in trying to figure out where does this go where you know comedy wise. 
Yeah, I mean, look, you know, what what, what more can Alec Baldwin do on SNL about <laughs> right. Trump? Like, he's already right. nailed it. Yeah. He nailed it early, and it yeah. was funny. But now it's just like, okay, what did he do this week? Okay, he was with a porn star. Okay, you're going to do a sketch where, hey, um, Donald Trump, you know, what's like. Yeah. I don't know. At that, at that point, it's, it's I, I'm always curious. I, like, if Jay Leno was still on the air, what would he be doing? I guarantee you he wouldn't be doing his whole monologue of just Trump jokes. I, and I bashing know. him, you know, I mean, like screaming at him. Yeah, he seems to be very vocal about how late night is all about that. But, but yeah, it, in some ways, it feel like it's it, it feels like now it's counterproductive that it's promoting this administration and helping them in some way. It, it it's weird. The word uh, is hackneyed. It's been overdone. It's, it's forking through the leftovers you know, a hundred times. Do you remember? Times. Do you remember the old days of the KKK when they were such a big deal? And then someone had the bright idea of like, hey, why don't we just ignore these guys? <laughs> Let's not put cameras on them. Let's not put them on the news. Let's let they just go away. And they kind of disappeared. You know, you stopped giving them press. I'm numb. I told you, I'm numb to it. It's, it reminds me of living in my household where my father was a lunatic, and every day <laughs> I, I woke up to wonder what new crazy thing. He he was going to do it right. just becomes stressful and old i don't want i don't want to deal with it anymore yeah maybe so um uh i wanted to talk about uh uh crank yankers <laughs> it says when i was reading your bio which really made me laugh it's like you it said you rose to fame making prank calls is that accurate yeah I, b- I bought a house by making <laughs> prank phone calls. And this was in the old days of like uh, yeah. jerky boys. Kind yeah, of thing? and it's like you know, like I say like, how do I tell my son that he has to go to college and get a good education? You know what I mean? He's like, Dad, you bought this house, prank calling people. <laughs> I don't, ha- I don't need to go to college. <laughs> when did you start doing that? Well, you know, I, I I put a CD out of messing with telemarketers back in like 2001. I was a comic just working at night. I had nothing going on during the day. I just had shows at night, so I was bored. So That's when a telemarketer great. would call. I would just try to keep him on the phone as long as possible. You know, I'm like, oh, well, I got nothing else to do. So I tried to keep And I started recording the calls, and I made a CD up of the calls. I just figured I'd sell them at my shows. There was no record label. I just went to a local place, got impressed, and I, I mailed it in the Howard Stern show, and he started playing it right off the bat. And he's like, oh, my God, this stuff's amazing. And then, like, <laughs> three months later, out of, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, the prank phone call show, a TV show, Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel were... were Big fans of Howard Stern. They heard my calls. They go, who is this guy? They tracked me down. Like, we want him on this new prank uh, phone call show called Crank Anchors. We want to be one of the characters on there. So it's just like perfect timing. Did you inspire that show, or did they already no, have No, they already had the idea. They were just looking for guys that knew how to do prank calls. And I did a couple characters, you know, and they liked it. They liked the stuff that I did. So so, so you send in this uh, – what were you editing them on? Like – the calls. What were you sent to Howard Stern? Like, what did that look like? Was that a CD? Or yeah, something? it was a regular CD. I got it. Yeah, it looked like a real CD. Right. Was, yeah, I got it up a local CD. I got like a hundred of them pressed. I figured I'd sell them after my comedy shows, get my name out there, mm-hmm. ten bucks, whatever. And I just, I knew, <laughs> I knew the producer at the Stern show, and so did my buddy. So we went up, we're up this there. Gary. Gary. Yeah. Gary yeah. Delbati. So we dropped it off, and he goes, "Okay." He goes, "If it's funny, we'll play it." And meanwhile, wow. he, had a, he had a stack of CDs on his desk. <laughs> and go, There's no way he is playing. It's the same thing with me. Someone hands me. A CD. Right. Yeah, I'll listen yeah. to it. <clears throat> I'm never listening to uh-huh. it. So I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm like, this, he's not going to play. Right. You got he's house. just being nice. Oh. And then next thing I know, like I, I wake up at like 11 in the morning because I'm working late doing comedy. I got like 15 voicemails. Turn on Howard Stern. He's talking about you. He's playing your calls. It was the next day. He's like, who is this guy? This guy's amazing. We got to get him in our, stu- in our studio. And then next thing I know, I became a regular on the show, and I got the Crank Anchors gig. Wow. And it was all because of that. It was all because I just <clears throat> dropped that CD off. And, and where were you when you heard the first one on Howard? I was home. Like, uh, you know, because you, you, they never replayed the show afterwards. Mm-hmm. You, like, they played it from 6 to 10, and that was it. 
Like the next day, he started playing him again. I'm like listening because I grew up listening to the guy. Right. Like it was a big influence. I'm like, man, I'm, he's playing my stuff. Yeah. And he's like, Gary, we got to get this guy in here to track him down. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going in now. I'm going to the studio. This is awesome. And and they brought you in. They brought me in. I sat in for one day, to full, a full day. <clears throat> wow, you sat in. Yeah, the wow. whole show. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you have a relationship with Howard now? Um. Yeah. We email. I, you know, I see him here and there. I see him at events. I'm hopefully going to go on a show. Uh, next month when my book comes out, so we'll see. But we're, no, we've been friendly, you know, for a long time. Right. You know, I've known what since 2001 was the first time I went on the show. What so. is it? What is it like to have Howard Stern as a friend? Because just I, I listen to Howard all the time too, and it sounds like he likes to work and then go up to his apartment and, uh, like you said, he might email you. Maybe, maybe there's drinks in Long Island if you have a house. No, out that's there. Not, I, I'm not that close to him. No, I mean, it, he'll just, but like, what, you know what I mean? Is it just is it just like an email friendship? What, what does that look like? Yeah, I'm all just. I went on the show. I've probably been on the show like 40 times mm-hmm. over the course of you know the years, and I run into him at events and stuff like that. And uh, you know, he he'll email me out of the blue because I do like a radio show on a serious, like on a hard rock channel. I was doing. I interviewed David Lee Roth on there. He's and he emails. I'm going to be listening. You better not hope you don't fuck it up, like shit like that. I'm like, oh, man. He's like, I love Dave. How come he's doing your show and not mine? Like, stuff like that. So, That's uh, great. No, he, he was a huge influence on my career. And just basically, made, I was like playing sports bars in, like, Philadelphia where they wouldn't put turn the TVs off. And I had to go on stage and the Flyers were in the, hot, you know, the playoffs. And they start the comedy show and people screaming, shut up, turn the volume back on. And then next thing I know, I'm sitting on Howard Stern and I start selling out like clubs everywhere yeah. just from being on that show. Yeah, Jed yeah. Clampett of, of, of prank phone calls <laughs> yeah. right here. This is the All right of us, so many of us have done it, right. but no one has bought a house with it and before. Because it's terrific. Because <laughs> when I grew up, I, I say in the book, I was always uh, – um, I was always in trouble. I grew, went to Catholic school, so I was always rebelling. So I was always grounded. And I would just stay in my room, and there was a phone. Uh, and I would just go in the kitchen. Or my mom would be at work or whatever, and I'd make prank phone, prank phone calls because I had nothing else to do. So I, so I was honing my craft at like the 12 un- years unintentional old. unintentional consequences. I had no idea I was going to make a living at it later on in life. How old are your kids? I just have one at seven. <laughs> He's seven. Yeah. So do you make prank? He must love prank phone calls. He's on my last CD, my last prank phone call CD. <laughs> Yeah, he's so you're still doing this? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I took a while <laughs> off because you really have to have no life because you have to wait for a telemarketer to call right. your house. So you have to sit there all day, and sometimes you only get one call. You're like, "This is ridiculous." You can't leave the house. You have to right. order in any kind of food. You don't want to miss a call. So um, dedication to the craft. Yeah, yeah. So when he heard my stuff, he's like, "I want to be on one of your CDs." And me and my buddy that I partnered do it with, we were like, "You know what? Let's do another." We didn't do one for like seven years. So we put one out about a year and a half ago. And he's on a call with this uh, guy calls me up trying to sell me a car warranty. And I'm like, yeah, I go, it sounds good. I go, hold on, let me put the other uh, owner of the car on the phone. And my son is like five at the time. He's like, hi. He's like, that's the other owner of the car. I go, yeah. He goes, that's a toddler. I go, no, he's not. He's just got a high voice. He's 23 years old. He's like, this is a joke. I go, this isn't a joke, sir. I want to get the car warranty. He's like, well, how many miles are on that uh, Honda Accord? I use Honda Accord. He goes, "Uh, 48. And the guy goes, 48 what? He goes, 48 miles? He goes on a 2002 Honda Accord. He goes, yes. Click. And he just hangs up. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Can you get us some of those? Will, can we cut one of those in as we go to break? Do you want to do that? Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be right back with more Jim Florentine. But uh, right now, enjoy one of Jim's calls. Hello, who's this? Who's this? Ed, I have a joke for you. Knock, knock. Well, who's Ed now? I don't want to know. 
No, you're supposed to say who's there. Knock, knock. Well, who is over there? Uh, <laughs> I got you, lady. That's a good one, isn't it? Okay, let's do another one. Knock, knock. Lady? Who are you talking about, a lady? Yeah. What kind of a lady's voice do you think you're hearing? Ah, uh, yeah, you sound like my mommy. Knock, knock. Mm. Knock, knock. Come on, boy, let's get busy here. Knock, knock. Who's there, then? <laughs> That's good, yeah, I got you. Knock, knock. Goofball. Stop being a goofball. I don't like knock-knock jokes. N no? no? All right, then I'll tell you another one, then, lady. Quit calling me a lady. You sound pretty, lady. Are you pretty? If I knew who was calling here, I'd sure... Knock-knock. Who's there? <laughs> I got you, yay! I got you, that's a good one, isn't it? Say, who's laughing, not me? Knock-knock. Man, you're getting on my nerves, I'll tell you for sure. Lady, you don't sound like you're in a good mood. Do you have a baby coming or something? Who are you trying to embarrass, anyway? <clears throat> talking about a baby coming and talking to a man. Yeah. What's the matter with you, goofball? You're a knucklehead. Well, you're a goofball. You're a knucklehead. No, I'm not. I'm not a knucklehead. Are you lonely, like me? No, I'm not lonely. I'm a married man. Okay. Do you ever play with your vagina? Hey. What? Where are you coming from here? Uh, I come from my house. Sound to me like you're a low bread. Bread makes me poop. I gotta go poop, lady. Let's talk about your bucket list for a minute. That's right, your bucket list. Guess what? No uh, big news. We're all going to die. So before you die, there are some things you should do. And how about a trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports, the Indy 500? I'd like to see that. And I'm not talking about any trip to the Indy 500. I'm talking about the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. That's exactly what Amsoil, maker of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castroneves. But that's not all. Listen to what else awaits the grand prize winner. Pit access, dinner with an Indy 500 legend, VIP track access, sweet access to watch the race, a thousand bucks for incidental and travel-related expenses, you know, uh beer round trip airfare for two to and from indianapolis hotel accommodations for two for five nights at a hotel near the speedway ground transportation to and from the airport hotel and speedway chances to meet the drivers you will do it all you will be taken care of just like they do when making high performance synthetic motor oils amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes if that's not enough 10 first place winners will receive one free digital download code for Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 Fan Experience, text INDY to 41487, that's INDY to 41487, or visit amsoil.com slash INDY. Hey, it's Rob Riggle. And Sarah Tiana. And you are listening to Riggle's Pick. <laughs> 
Yeah, and a ham horn, and uh, we have a new podcast. You can find our show exclusively on the Podcast One app on podcastonesports.com, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Every Thursday, we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about the things that really excite us, like life, comedy, sports, a lot of sports. Um, Ourselves. A lot of Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you join us. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, we're back with Jim Florentine. Uh, his new book is Everybody is Awful Except You. <laughs> it's not Kevin, I swear, you could have written this book. That's I always the say title. everything in life is shit except for piss. So it's just kind <laughs> That's of That's the, the same. title of <laughs> your life, Zuckerman. Yes. This is it. When is the book out? Uh, February 20th. February 20th. They can pre order it. It's all up on Amazon and all that stuff. And Fantastic. Um, uh, what, what haven't we covered here? Uh, you're also an actor, huh? Well, how seriously? I don't know. You know, I'm going by your your paper, your bio. It says you are a comedian and an actor, and you've got some pretty good credits. You were in the, the Amy Schumer movie. You were in Trainwreck. Yeah, I was in Trainwreck. Yeah. Mm. Um, you you worked uh, you worked on Girls too. Yeah, it's a ep- pretty hip little rooms here. Yeah, I was in an episode of Girls. Do you do you audition? Um, what, what, yeah, audition. How, do, how do people hear about you like that? I mean, uh, well, I, I'm friends with Amy Schumer. Oh, so, you are. Yeah, so Amy had her show on Comedy <clears> Central, a sketch show. So she put a lot of comics and her comic friends for different sketches. You know, she, you'd be right for this. So I did a bunch, about seven or eight sketches on her show. And then when her movie came around, Judd Apatow knew me because Judd was the one who actually uh, got me to roll on Girls because he was the executive mm-hmm. producer on there. I just had a little part and whatever in one of the seasons. And then, um, you know, he he uh, directed Trainwreck. And he's like, oh, it would be perfect. They were looking for, like, a scumbag guy to have, like, a one-night stand <laughs> with Amy and just, like – Treat her like shit, and then she throws him out of the apartment. He's like, look, you don't have to audition for it. So you can play that. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, I've been in that. No, no problem. I've been, yeah, I've been asked to leave afterwards, so no problem. So I, yeah, I was in that, and then did an episode of Louis C.K. show, right, his TV right. Show. So no, I've known Louis for a long time. How's Louis doing? Have, have you heard from him? Have you no, talking to him? No, I think he's just laying low, yeah. letting everything die down. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that's the best thing for him. I think he should come out and do uh, do some stand-up about it eventually. Oh, he will. You yeah. know right now the guy's probably turned over three scripts. He's got a whole new hour of stand-up. You know, he's sitting home creating all <laughs> the this comic stuff. Comic gold. Really, Richard Pryor did it. Right. He got himself on fire. He, he got an hour's worth of material Absolutely. out of that. I went, my last special that's getting sold now, I talked about my divorce. Like right, all the shit right. that went down. That was my whole special. I'm like, God, it's going to take a little while to write about it. But once I... Get that one joke down. It just the floodgates open. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. So as a comic to go through some stuff, you know, is, is perfect. It's great. It's comedy. So everyone's going to be looking for Louis' next special when eventually when he does it. Yeah, he. You know, I when I was doing stand up early on, I called him and I was just like, "What do you? What's the shortcut here? Because I'm kind of late to this. Like, what what do you do?" And he goes, "Look, you're gonna you're really gonna want to protect yourself up on stage, and if you can throw that away right away and just be." Brutally honest about everything that's happened and everything that you're feeling, that's where your act lies. For him, that's where your act lies. Mm-hmm. And that and it explains so much of what I had seen from Louis back in the you know, back when I first met him on Letterman and saw him do stand up for the first time and was shocked by what he was saying to, you know, where that went. Yeah. And how successful he became. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> uh... Are, is there stuff in your act that you uh shield from us? 
No, I'm, I'm <clears throat> honest about everything. Yeah. I love, yeah, and I just like, look, and if people get it sensitive or, you know, or, or offended, I'm like, look, this is my life story. This isn't about you. Right, right. You know what I mean? So don't get offended. This is just about me. Yeah. You don't seem like a really angry guy or a really upset guy. Your comedy seems to be born of anger and frustration, but you seem pretty well adjusted. Oh, yeah, I know. I don't walk around that. But I, like when people send me like an awful Facebook post and mm-hmm. I just read, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, and I just I make fun of it and then I move on. It doesn't ruin my day. <laughs> right, right. I don't, I don't carry it around. You right. know what I mean? But would people, you, people relate to misery, right? And, and, and failures, all the hard stuff in life. Would you agree that a lot of comedy is born out of anger? Yeah. Like the things that are on your mind all day long that are really bugging you? Absolutely. I remember um, my fr- uh, this comic friend's like, dude, you got to go to therapy, man. Just get your shit together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't want to go to therapy because I don't want to <clears throat> lose my anger because then right. I feel like I'm not going to be a good comic. <laughs> and then when I get in there, the therapist's like, you're not going to lose your anger. It's still going to be there. You're just going to know how to channel it. He goes, no, that's the dumbest thing ever. He goes, <laughs> you need to get your, your life's a wreck. You need to get it get it straightened out and you'll still have your anger. And you're he was right. You're losing your mojo. Yeah, you know, I go, I don't want it. That was the whole thing like with Sam Kinison back in the day. Uh, his brother Bill tells the story that him and all of his buddies would do coke all night, and Bill was like, "Dude, you guys can't be doing." It. He goes, um, "If we we watch CNN, if we could just get one good line from my stand-up act, it's worth it." So that was their excuse <laughs> to do coke all night. We'll get, we put on CNN and then we write material, and then I got it in my act, so it's worth it. Yeah, yeah I'd like so. to see Great those pages. <laughs> I know, I know. Just, do this coke, and it worked out well. Yeah, yeah you're like, yeah, yeah, I better cut this down. Yeah, you know, yeah, on coke yeah. is probably like a nine-minute bit with one punchline. Right. Did you get ever get caught up? And that stuff you no. said you started stand up in 91 right yeah not, that's a little late right yeah i was about 24 25 at the wow. time yeah i wasn't sure what i wanted to do no i never got caught up and did you grow up in new jersey yeah 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 but no drugs no just drinking here and there but not nothing no pills none of that stuff right well you know you no, you just you got to be in it for the long haul. You know what I mean? Like at some point, like I got friends that are like in their early forties. Like, go, dude, you go, you, you can't be doing this for the next ten years, the drinking and all that stuff. You got to take it. You got to take it serious. In your twenties, you could do it. It's almost like being in college. Right. Seinfeld made a great point. He goes, a comic when he's like forty-five, he's really twenty-five. You take twenty. They don't. They're like twenty years behind growing up. <laughs> right. so at forty-five, and I had my first kid at forty-six. So basically, yeah. yeah, and I there grew you up. Go. Yeah. That doesn't sound like Jerry, does it? Zuckerman? No, not at all. <laughs> he he's, he's not a little kid. He's not a little kid in he's any not, way, is he? He'd get in that red wagon in a second if he could. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is. Um, this is. I meant to bring this up when you were talking about your uh, prank phone calls. Because what's the story with Eminem took a liking to your characters? When you yeah, were well, Crank Yankers. <laughs> we did once we did one season of Crank Yankers on Comedy Central. Right. Nobody was watching the show. Right. Like it just got better. It was only a one season show? No, no. We were after our first season, they said, All right, we're gonna pick you guys up for like eight more episodes. Because right. Jimmy and Adam had the man show at the time. Mm-hmm. So they were they were comedy gold. They would give them anything at Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. So they go, We'll do one more season, but and, and they're like, ah, we don't know what's gonna happen with the show. And then we we caught wind that Eminem was a fan of the show. Did a great fine. We're like, Wow, that's pretty cool. And then um, the MTV Movie Awards came out, and he just won a, a award for Eight Mile. And he went up there, and he did an impression of the, of the one of the characters I did on Crank Anchors, like when he accepted the award. And nobody knew. Like I remember the next day watching like Entertainment Tonight, like what was Eminem doing up there? Was that like a joke to his one of his friends back home in Detroit? Like what? And was like, I don't know what's going on. Is there something wrong with him? Is he on drugs? Meanwhile, was okay. And then that, like two days later, like hey, Eminem wants to be on the show Crank Anchors, and he wants. 
the guy that does those that special ed character and Bobby Fletcher, right, the two characters right. in Detroit in the studio in a couple of days. He want because him and his daughter used to watch the show. They bonded over it every week. And his daughter's like, Dad, why don't you go on that show? You make prank calls. And next thing I know, I'm in a studio with Eminem in Detroit. Oh my God! Making Doing call- call- making calls? Yeah, making calls together. Yeah. Where Where can we hear those calls? Uh, they're out there. How How is Eminem at pranking? He's He's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) What makes him a good pranker? Is it because the same thing that makes him a good rapper? Yeah, Yeah, he's just he's quick. And we were just making practice prank calls, and we were both riffing back and forth, like we're playing brothers or whatever. And I was like, man, I go, I'm riffing with Eminem here, and it's like, first of all, I was nervous walking in because walking in to meet him for the first time. I was a big Eminem fan too. Yeah, yeah. I go, if I piss this guy off, he's gonna write a whole album about me. (laughs) I'm gonna be public enemy number one. Nobody's gonna know who I am. That's Taylor Swift, by the way. Right. It's not Eminem. Used to, be, used to be Fred Durst. Now it's yeah, whoever it was. Yeah, yeah. Christina Aguilera. Right. Whoever he wrote about, mm-hmm. uh, Moby. You right. know. So I was like, I don't want. And then when I walk in, he just goes, "I can't believe I'm in the room with the guy that does special ed." And then he knew like all my calls. He's like, "What about this one? When you did this? When wow. you did this? Yeah, all the stuff." So and then we went up doing a bit for the music awards, the MTV Music Awards. We did a thing there and all that stuff. So, no, he was, uh, you know, I hung with him a few times. I went to one of his birthday. They hired me to do stand-up at his birthday party to mm-hmm. roast him. So I, I flew out to Detroit, and all of his buddies were there, and they were all up on stage, like, freestyling and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't want to do this, man. <laughs> and I was hiding from his manager the whole time. He's like, when do you want to go on? I go, ah, let's go later. Everyone's having a good time. I'm like, I'm going to bomb. This is going to be bad. And I hid from his manager the whole night and never went on. I really? I said, I'll do it for free. He goes, all right, I'll fly you out. So it wasn't like, you know, I owed him money or anything like so, that. I go, I go well, yeah, well, just, you know, everyone's having a good time. I don't but know. But why just, didn't you do it? Because I, it, it I was, was one gonna, of those horrible comedy situations where you knew you couldn't be funny, right? It would have been horrific. Yeah. Right, right, I, Yeah, right. I would have bombed. There was like five. people. no one's people. listening. No and, one would have been right. listening. Oh, yeah. It would have been terrible. I knew it would have been. And then Eminem came up to me. He goes, what were you going to say about me? You're going to roast me? I go, yeah. He goes, well, what were some of the jokes? I go, I'm not telling you. He's like, come on, man. What, what? Give me one. I go, no, I'm not. I go, I might need them if I ever do it again. <laughs> well, how long have you been sitting on those jokes? When are you going to release those jokes? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Mr. Florentine, when? Because <laughs> if I'm roasting them, it's not going over. It's going to be bad. Do you like? Do you even like the roast? Do you like that whole format? Yeah. You do? Yeah. You don't think it's mean? Like, I'd never want anybody to roast me, nor am I interested in being mean to someone else that Well, way. that, you know, it, 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 you got to know going in that you can't get offended by anything anybody says about you. Right, right. If you think you might, then don't even do it. Right. I did a bunch on the Howard Stern show, and we just uh, roasted. I don't, you probably know uh, Rich Voss. Yep. He's a, it was his 60th birthday. So me, Jim Norton, uh, Colin Quinn, mm-hmm. Bonnie McFarlane is his wife. We all had this roast. They're going to release it somewhere. We did it <clears> in New York at the Village Underground. It was great. It was just a bunch of friends. And it was, it was, if people loved it. They go, because you guys all knew each other. Right. So it wasn't mean-spirited. You know, right, we attacked right. each other to, to, to no end. But well, we that's, were, that's right. They were we mean-spirited. Were all How do you do that without being mean? I don't know. I, I don't take anything personally when I'm on a roast. I know because I just know going, I go, I don't care. I, they can hit me all they want. And I'm just like, I just can't wait to get up there. That's the way I look at it. I go, keep whatever. I don't care. It goes in one ear, one out the other. You I just want to get my turn. all the time. Well, yeah, I love, know. There's a right? difference between teasing and then some of these roasts. Some of the things hurt, but I, I don't <clears> take them personally. I don't, I don't know that they hurt. It's just it kind of feels old-timey. The whole format feels like old-timey and... But it's starting to come back. They have like these roast battles. Yeah, no, and I know, I know. I, I so. watch them. I watch them. Well, all. look, every, everything being so. The only safe. the only notable thing that kind of came out of them was Amy Schumer, where I went, "Who's that? Who's that woman up there telling jokes?" So she's pretty funny, and, and then suddenly you have Amy Schumer. That's yeah, well, about it, as far as I'm concerned. The, the, the good they've done for the world. 
Um, <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Well, you know, yeah. I, well, no, a lot of people have made Whitney Cummings made her career. Lisa yeah, that's Lampinale, true. That's true. You know, um, uh, in fact, I saw her trying out her material on stage one night when we were doing stand up at some somewhere in Westwood. Oh yeah, she came up and she said, "I got to do these jokes," for, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Are women but, particularly good at this? At this area of comedy? Yeah, they're great. Yeah, she was yeah. super funny. They're good roasters. Lisa Lampanelli's phenomenal. She's like, she's very good too. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I like that format because it's different. Because everything being so safe these days, and you don't <clears> say this, and audiences be offended. Like that's the one place where you know if you're going to go to roast battle. There's going to be some mean stuff said, and just hey, just know going in that that's what it's going to be. Now, what's uh, what's all of this uh, this uh, uh, metal show podcast thing that you have? What's no, the, I, what's I was the... on a TV show called That Metal Show. Right. It was oh, on... okay, that's it. The VH1 show. Yeah, I the VH1 that show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I was one of the hosts. But being... are you also doing a podcast about? Uh, well, it's, having... my podcast is called Comedy Metal Midgets, but it's just me ranting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, I wanted to throw midgets in there. <laughs> we'll see how long I can use that before I go. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might have to change that. <laughs> yeah, it just but comedy metal <laughs> little people really doesn't flow. Right. Right. No, not at all. And who who else is in the show? It's just you by yourself? It's just yourself? me. It's just me ranting. Like that, really? That's how the book came about. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that hard to just go for an hour of just talking into the mic? Well, what? no, cause, because first of all, I don't want to book anybody. I'm too lazy. I don't want to go meet somebody and then they're late <laughs> and all this stuff. So I just I do it right out of my house or I do it in a hotel room when I'm on the road doing right. stand-up. Right. Do you, you know, hear pe- that, Zuckerman? Then they're late. Right. <laughs> like I was by two minutes. <laughs> two minutes and you were late 20 minutes last time. All right. I'm just saying. Because I'm doing a whole thing now. Like every week, I do something different. Like off, like Yelp reviews. I'm right. Awful Yelp reviews is a, like a podcast where people like go bitch. You know, give a one star right, review right. at like a you know at, a, at an Applebee's. <laughs> right. I'm like, what? What did you think was gonna? You really thought the food was gonna be good? You know what's the good thing about that? You look to see if they gave other bad reviews that same day. Right. Like they had a really bad day and decided to just go on all ten people they resented. And, right, and right, because you can click on that, right, right, and see what else they wrote. Yeah, it's like, and my whole theory with that is just go somewhere else. Don't mess up people's businesses. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't like the steak. Go, there's another fucking steakhouse. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I always go, look, just you're having another meal in a little while. Hang in there. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't like, if you didn't like lunch, hang in there. In like four or five hours, you're gonna have dinner. You can even eat early if you want. It's gonna be okay. Do you ever call people out by name? Can you do that? No, I don't <laughs> really do that. I don't like to do that. You know, even no. when I'm on Twitter, I never <clears throat> at mention anybody. No. Like, I don't like the commissioner in the NFL, and I'll just yeah. go to commissioner, you know, once again, whatever. Uh, but I never go at mention. Roger just, Goodell. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like him for what he did to Tom Brady. I, I'm a Patriots fan. Well, but yeah. Why, why well, don't you like him? He's just, he, he, he's ruining the league. He's just, he's a shyster. Yeah, that whole Brady thing was a scam. You know what it I mean? Was. Why the, was it a scam? Because all the other NFL owners go, you better, you better punish him because you, yeah. you, you favor the Patriots. And, you know, if Tom Brady's out for four games, maybe somebody else has another chance. Right. To win you know what? You know what? Part of that investigation really pissed me off was we're gonna we need to look at your text messages. Yeah, and the he NFL as no. an organization is carrying on an investigation, and they're saying, "Let me subpoena your." What? What does that even mean? Yeah, and he's like, no, you're not looking at my phone. He got another phone. He switched it over. And he's yeah. like, yeah, so if he's sending stuff to his wife or <clears> naked <throat> pictures or something. So you Which know you know he is. And you know that stuff's getting out. When, right. when you hand your phone over to the NFL, that stuff is going to wind up right. on TMZ a month yes. later. 
Tom Brady saying Belichick, what a what a you know fucking idiot after a, after a game or something, yeah. and that's going to be out there. Look what he said about the coach. He's like, no way am I giving you my what, phone. Look what it takes the FBI or the police to get that phone and to look at that. It has to go into a courtroom. You can't just say, show me your phone, Tom Brady. You could say, you show us the pictures of Giselle. Right, but just you <laughs> can't. Know. You can't, can't. The whole thing was farce. It was the NFL th- threw it out because there was twelve out of thirteen balls that were on a flight, and it wasn't true. It was only one. Right, it was only one. Yes, and and you're playing in the cold <laughs> weather. You lived in Long Island. You know when it's winter time, you know your tires. You've got to put air in them. Because the, the cold weather makes exactly. the air come out. I, 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 have to do, I live in New Jersey. I just yes. had a blizzard two weeks. I'm putting air in my tire once a week. Exactly. This one's low. The light goes back on. This is a car show. We talk about inflation all the time. <laughs> exactly. And when it got cold here in L.A., when it went down to 60 degrees, I had to go to all my cars and put air in there instantly. I need Everything needed air. So, yeah, I'm right there. With, I, I, I would put Goodell in, the, in your tweets and just try to get rid of him. But, you know, here we are. It's already happened, though, at this point. The Patriots are—are are, are you a Patriots fan? You're not a Patriots I'm fan. I'm a right? Miami fan, but I respect the Patriots, and I don't hate them because I know they're just a great coach team. they got a, a great, great coach team. and a, yeah, I don't and know a, how you and can a great him. quarterback. I don't hate them. I envy them, but I'm not mad at them. Yeah. I want them to keep winning. I know, like in that AFC East, you got no other team has any shot until Brady and Belichick retire. Right. So I just know going in. So when Miami, every new season, I go, they might get a wild card. They're never going to win the division. The only time anyone's won that division was Miami like 12 years ago when Brady went down with the knee injury, and they still went 11-5. and five. What, what was going on with his hand? I just I didn't really follow up on that news. They said his hand was injured this week. Yeah, somebody in practice, some guy came in and his helmet hit his hand, so oh. he didn't practice yesterday. But he'll be, he'll throw seven touchdowns on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> he'll throw everyone's yeah. like the hand. He didn't practice. He wasn't there for the walkthroughs, and he'll throw seven touchdowns. That's so exciting. That's exciting. I'm into you know. I've never. I, I I went. I grew up a Patriots fan in New England, right? So I watched that team lose all the time. Oh yeah, you small Steve, Gro- Steve Grogan, Grogan years. It's all the Red Sox. I grew up a loser except for the Celtics. And and when they first won the Super Bowl, I was able to take my dad and my brother. Um, and then seven years later, I was able to take my son. I saw them win twice. Nice. And then it kind of the interest kind of faded. But but my nine year old now, Jack, is a huge Patriots fan, and he can talk football like you can talk football. I we can't really talk football. He can talk like you talk. And right. now I'm really getting into football. Is your son a football fan? Yeah, he's and a Miami. He like? He's a Miami fan. Why he does he like t- Miami? He like because I like him. Oh, I see. Yeah, I told him. I think that's. Why I said Jack the only him. thing I told my son with sports teams. I go the only team you cannot like, and I won't support you. You could pick any team you want, and I'll root with you. I'll sit. My, is the Jets. Oh, wow. Because it's going to be a life of misery. <laughs> and I don't want you coming back at me, Dad, why'd you let me pick the Jets 30 years later right. when they still haven't won a Super Bowl? And they, So I said, you can't be a Jets fan. And I, don't, I hate the Jets. I go, you can't be a Jets fan. We so, were Jets fans early on. My, right. my kids liked them because they had a Jet in the logo in the right. old logo. Well, that's why I liked the Dolphins. It was like colors. It was yeah, like, yeah. oh, right, know, right. aqua and, and all the stuff. So Now, now this house uh, has a lot of signs in it that say, no Giants welcome. No, uh, there's a little circle on my uh, son Jack's door that says no Michael Strahan because of his association with the Giants. That's very funny. He doesn't want him coming into his bedroom. We, we're Michael Strahan, kind of a car guy who we know, right. just hates the Giants. Hates him. But well, yeah, because the Patriots have seven Super Bowls. They right. should have yeah, seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right now, if it wasn't for those two passes yeah. by the Giants, so yeah, yeah. I could see why they hate him. But no, I'm rooting for him all the way. <clears throat> yeah, um, me too. Me too. What's it like living in New Jersey this time of year? You never thought about coming out here and having an easier life? A little well, warmth? Yeah, I know. Do you, do you I feel know. like you wouldn't be as funny out here? 
without no, a I, you know, it, it was like 15 years ago. I felt like the 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 crowds were a little sensitive mm. out here, but that's changed over like I'd say probably the last seven or eight years. Uh huh. What were they sensitive to? I, they, I think they, you know, a guy from the East Coast, you know, growing up on Long Island, like, whoa, this guy's a little rough. Right. A little rough <laughs> right. around the edges. What's going on? <laughs> Why, you know, what's this all about? He's aggressive. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And they know how to take it. They were a little taken aback. Like, ooh, Right, ooh. right. But now, like, you know, it, it, now it doesn't matter. You can pretty much. Now, now I love the crowds out here. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. But I always, all the East Coast guys always felt like that. When we came out here, like, oh, that's a little, you know. So what do you pop into the city to to, to perform? Yeah. yeah, do the comedies. I don't know. I grew up in New Jersey, and um, mm. you know, I, I used to come out here for pilot season and stuff. When I have to come out, I just come out. I come out like right. once a month for like a week, do some business, go back home. You know, and now you got a kid. He's you know, you know about school systems and all that crap. Yeah, you're so done. yeah, and I got a divorce, so I can't really leave anyway. A divorce, you can't just take your kid and take <clears throat> off. Right. You know that kind of crap. So How long she ago? gives you permission, and that's really likely to happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. that's not going to happen. How either. long ago did you get divorced? Uh, it's been like three years now. Three years. So yeah. you dating? Yeah. What is that like? We're all class of '82. We were talking at the break. Yeah. Yeah. We're all the same age. What What is the dating like? Are it's, you into it? Because I, you know, yeah. I'll be honest. If it were me, I might just not do anything. I might not even date. I might just hang out, drive cars, buy cars, and just do shit like that and do this. Your date will be with pizza once a week. <laughs> <laughs> My date's with pizza, with ice cream, and uh, maybe the Asian women's feet category on Pornhub. Maybe once or twice a week. That would that would be my life. Well, yeah. As you get older, you get set in your ways. You're like, I just don't want to deal with the aggravation, you know. <clears throat> and you know, testosterone goes down, so you don't really. Think about it as much, but then again, when you're out there and you, you know, it's easier these days. You, remember, you had to take a girl to dinner, go to her house. Maybe her parents were there and pick her up, and then drop her. None of that, right? You meet them on like a dating app. Hey, let's go. You want to meet for a drink? You chat a little bit. Sure. You meet them at the bar. There's no dinners. There's none of that. And usually, you know, you could take them home like the first night. <laughs> remember, you have to go like four or five dates. Maybe the third date. <laughs> You can get somewhere, maybe. Yeah, like, maybe. If yeah. she was, if she was easy, like that whole Aziz Ansari, that, that whole story is like, I, go, I, I can't believe he took her to dinner on the first date. <laughs> right. Like he goes, hey, let's hang on my apartment, Spoiled let's go to dinner. It. I know. I'm like, wow, he took her to dinner. You never, you never do that. I remember going on dates, like, okay, we'll go to dinner and then we'll go to a movie after. Right, right. And then maybe you'll make out in the car on the way home. You drop her off. Oh, but God. doesn't that Aziz story terrify you? Yes. Yeah, it does. Because it, it seems like a, a, a nerdy guy trying. Trying to get laid and failing clumsy, miserably, yes. right? clumsy, clumsy. clumsy, right? And he's got some questionable moves, yes, but everybody does, <laughs> right? Right? But it, doesn't it just seem like a date gone wrong, and that any one of us could just walk into that date and suddenly be held up to the world as as that guy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is, you know, she really thought that, you know. That was going to be a boyfriend or whatever. He had a great funny line in there, like you know, because they already had some some sex, you know, and um, you know, he's trying to have intercourse with her, and she's like, I don't know. He's like, Come on, let's just do it. And, and she goes, ah, You know what? I'd rather wait for the second date for that. So Aziz goes, Okay, and they're in his apartment. He goes, Okay. He goes, Well, if I pour you a fresh glass of wine, is that considered a second date? That's a funny line. That's a guy going, Ha ha ha. You know, so that's a second date. I would have said the same thing. I'm like, That's a good, I love that line. Yeah, there's yeah. no there's no laugh track in Facebook statements. It's all very non emotional. Well, that, that's what I mean. Do you do, when you go out on a date, are you on the lookout for anything like that? You're, well, you know, you just, you, you just, know, I don't know how you. 
Well, you know, the thing with with um Well, here here here's something. Like we were talking about this the other day and 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 I was talking about it with my wife too and she said there's some initiative in California, but there's like every step of the way you need verbal permission. First base kiss. I'm going to touch you on the breast. She has to say yes. You, there, is that true? With a 23 year old, that was part of the problem. No, but but you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Is yeah, that yeah. what you have to do? Repeated these... consent. Is yeah, repeated, repeated consent. Repeated yes. Consent. Is that a real thing? No. No. It's not really a real thing. But we talked about my crazy idea for an app that said make yes mean yes, where you you both have to log into your phones and then <laughs> record a consent video. But I'm being serious. But someone didn't. Someone we knew said in college this is what they're they're taught that every well, step well, of the way code. there's consent. College, there's multiple consents for, <laughs> leading to sex. If you're, in, if you're in college, they're going to have a code of conduct, so it's a little bit different than being out in the world as a 53-year-old 50, man. <laughs> I know, yeah. but I read that Aziz story, and I said, I'm not going, not that I was ever considering divorce with my wife. I love her, but I, I don't know that I would date nowadays. It, it scared the shit out of me what happened there. And yeah. I just wonder how you're doing it. That's an old man <laughs> view of things. You're scared. <laughs> no, scared of the I'm world. Scared. No, but that I always... pulled up my blanket over right I'm scared. <laughs> Suck him in. I'm scared. But all, of a hear... sudden, all of a sudden, he was way nicer to his wife. She's like, <laughs> what, what got into you? He's like, I just, I'm I just scared of the option. I just read <laughs> the Aziz story. May I touch your boobs? Yeah. Well, no. you know, like she said. Uh, look, it could always happen. Even back in the day, we were younger and, you know, in our 20s, some girl the next day could have said, hey, I didn't really want to do that. I went to the cops. It still was, it was always there some crazy girl that was drunk that you picked up or whatever and goes i didn't really want to maybe she had a boyfriend or something so you know look you just got to be careful and just you know and just yeah you can't go you know when you're making out with somebody you don't know so you start making out do you make a next move you're not going to stop and go hey is it okay if i do this you just kind of feel around if she says no or she push your hand away then you're okay do you like it do you like dating um it's all right. I mean, yeah, to hook up with somebody new is kind of nice, uh -huh. you know, uh, and then, you know, but I'm a comic, so I don't really have a lot of time. So if I meet somebody, if I'm in a city like Omaha or something like that, and a girl wants to come out to the show and wants to hang or whatever, I'm like, all right, cool. This is good, you know, and then, you know, I don't live there, so it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, he's, uh, he's got an escape plan all built yeah, in, like, his own yeah, zip line. You know right? what I mean? I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm going to Springfield tomorrow. Yeah, two, in two days, I go, yeah, I got to go back home. Like, all right. yeah, I go, yeah, I'll be back here next year. And then, but, you know, so you just got to play like that. At home, you know, I got a kid, so you don't want to bring too many, you don't want to bring different girls around your kids and mess them up. He right, sees right. all these women come. So I don't do that. Does it really mess them up? I think so. I think, I, 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 I don't know. I might look at my dad and go, what a champ. What a guy! Look well, at this then, guy. But then, look what he's, maybe, no, maybe at fourteen. But look what he's at pulling seven. down at seven. Not at seven. At seven, you're too young. That's it's, true. You're too young to appreciate your dad's a stud. My yeah. seven, my yeah, seven exactly. year old came up to me the other day and said, uh, "Who's your girlfriend?" And I said, "Mommy, uh, Erica." He goes, "No, that's your wife. Who's your girlfriend? <laughs> you don't have a girlfriend." And then I was like a little put off. I was a little insecure oh, the about world, that. Like the I world, don't. World according to James is the very, world according is to very James. Good. Yeah, that could be a good world, James. Well, my son says like that, you know, because we'll watch movies together and stuff. You know, whatever we'll watch. You know, Jim Carrey movies around him, Sandler movies. Mm -hmm. He loves it. Yeah, that's great. You know, and I want. You know, he'll watch Ted. Mm -hmm. He loves Ted. You know, so. <laughs> So I say, he goes, Dad, you got to get a girlfriend. Come on, get a girlfriend. I go, okay, I'm just letting you know. If we have a girlfriend and she's here, we're going to have to compromise. We probably can't watch an Adam Sandler movie, so we're going to be watching something else. She's like, well, what are we going to be watching? I go, probably something that she wants to watch. And we're like, okay, fine, because you have to compromise. Like, well, then don't get one. I go, yeah, so we're probably not going to be watching Ted three nights a week. He's like, well, then forget it then. I go, okay, there you go. Does he really like Ted? 
Yeah, he like, yeah, it's a talking, but yeah, he curses and, you know. Oh, boy, that's a good one for my boys. Maybe that's what I'm going to watch a movie night tonight. Tonight's movie night in my First house. head, the second head stinks. Right. Yeah. There's no there's no sexual stuff in there. My wife is going to get oh, mad yeah. at me for it. Oh, yeah, there definitely is. Absolutely. <laughs> She's going to be furious. Perfect. She's going to be furious. Yeah. Yeah. There. Yeah. She'll be in the other room working on her political stuff. We'll be out in the other room laughing. <clears throat> well, Jim, uh, thank you for coming on, man. Yeah. It's really nice to finally meet you. I've heard your name forever. Um, um, the book is called Everybody is Awful Except You. Um, uh, Zuckerman, you're awful. All the time. We can follow you and all of your amazing car purchases. We've got a 9-11R to catch up on with you. Uh, you'll see uh, Zuckerman on Instagram, at The Real Zuckerman. I'm at Spike Ferris and everywhere, but mostly active on Instagram. Anything you want to plug before we go? No, just a book. It's out February 20th. You can pre-order it now. There you go. Shall we close out, Will, with another uh, crank phone call from Jim Florentine? Here you go, folks. We'll see you next week on Spike's Car Radio. This is Jimmy. Is this the record store? This is the record store, yes. Yeah, I want to hear that song. What song? Ba-boom, boom, boo-boom, boom, yeah, yeah. Now, what song is that? Hey, it's that song. You got it? I like that song. Yay! I'm just trying to know what song you're talking about. It goes ba-boom, boom, boom, uh. Ba-boom, boom, boom, oh, yeah. I want to buy the record. You know the name of the artist? Yay! Yay. Ba-boom, boom, 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 uh. Yay! Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what that is. I'm sorry. It's a song. Yay! Okay, I'm just not sure what that is. It's a song. It goes boom, 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 uh. Yay! You hear it on the radio? I can dance. Boom, 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 uh. Uh, do you know, what kind of song is that? A rock song or a rap song or a country song? Yeah, it goes boom, 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 uh. Yay! Boom, 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 I'm not sure what kind of song it is. Sing it with me and then you'll know. Boom, 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 uh. Yay! Boom, 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 uh. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. Boom, 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 uh. Yay! Yeah. No, no. No. Yay. I'm just not sure what it is. Hey, lady, lady, sing it with me. Boop, 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 uh, yay. Boop, 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 yay. No. Boop, 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 uh, yay. Get it right, lady. Go. Boop, 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 yeah. No. Boop, 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 uh, yay. You go, lady. Boop, 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 boop. Boop, 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 uh, yay! I'm just not sure what that is. You go! You do it after me! Boop, 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 uh, yay! Boop, 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 yeah. No! Lady, listen to me! Lady? Boop, 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 uh, yay! Boop, 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 Wait, say it one more time. Boop, 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 uh, yay! Boop, 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 yeah! No! Lady, listen! Lady? Boop, 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 uh, yay! I'm just not sure what that is. I'm, I'm awfully sorry. Lady, if you repeat it after me, Lady. then you'll know what song it is, okay? Okay. Do it, do it now. You go. Boop, 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 yeah. Yay, that's it, yay! Okay. That's great, now give me the record. I don't know what it is. Give me the record, Jimmy, yay! Well, I just don't know what it is, I'm awfully sorry, but... Okay, uh, well you have a good day, boop, 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 Okay, uh, well yay. you have a good evening, too. You do it one more time, lady, do it one more time. Boop, 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 ooh, yeah! Yay! Okay, yay. well you have a good night. Yay! Okay.
that's great. Yay. Real quick before we go, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for. But what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. It confuses me. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if True Price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their True Price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or Podcast. Podcast1.com.